welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week, we read Parasha Vayehi. It's the last parasha of the book of Bereshit. And um, it begins with, uh, with the Jacob gathering his sons and his grandsons to give them blessings before, before he departs from this world. So he begins his blessings to, to his 12 sons, uh, focusing on their strengths and focusing on their not good things so they could understand what their mission in life is and uh, what they have to correct within themselves. So he focuses on Reuben, his firstborn. He's very strict with him, very, very strong with him, and he criticizes him for his past errors uh, and indicates that his hasty actions have cost, cost him uh, very dear. So we read in Bereshit 49.3 and 4, it says, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my power, and the first of my strength the epitome of nobility and the epitome of might, unstable as water, you don't have the excellency of your ascended, your father's bed, then profaned he ascended my couch. So here he's saying to, to Reuben that he is uh, he's unstable as water. What does this mean? It means that it's a person that reacts, that it's not a person that thinks before he, he takes things into his hands, that he's very reactive. And um, and he, what we see, what he's referring to, is that when Rahel passed away, uh, Joseph's mother, Reuben took uh, the bed of his father, which was always in Rahel's uh, tent, and he moved it to her uh, to her maidservant's uh, tent, who was Bilha, instead of moving it to his mother's tent, which was Leah. And he was very upset because of this. He he felt that this was like a fault of his father on honoring his mother, and the the, the main uh, emotion that he had was anger. And a person that is in such a high level as Reuben was uh, shouldn't have felt this. He shouldn't have been uh, guided by his emotions. So he says, um, Jacob, Jacob criticized him, and because of this, Reuben lost three gifts that were really in originally were meant for him, which was the Behora, which is the firstborn. He, he had the privileges of the firstborn. The Kehuna, which is the priesthood, he should have been the Aaron he should have had the, the, the priesthood, and the Malchuts, which is the kingship which was given to Yaakov, eh, to Yehuda, I'm sorry. So these are various points referred to in Yaakov's message to, message to his eldest son. And uh, let's look at each one of them closely and see what they mean. So the Maharal explains that the firstborn is in some way the cause of the other children uh, in a family, for without his existence, there can be no more children. So what he's saying is that the firstborn is the link between the father and the other children. Uh, he is a kind of a middleman between uh, the father and the other children, and it's the one that enables the father to pass all of his intellectual powers and abilities to his other children. So he's like the firstborn of a house, has a very special 
Tu. So he's, he's the first of the, of the father. And, and through this person, the rest of the children are going to be connected to his parent, so to his father. So um, it says here the Kehuna, which is... Um, which would be the priesthood, uh, which was then allotted to the tribe of Levi, uh, is also a type of a conjunction, something that unifies, and is expression of das, which is knowledge. We have three intellectual faculties, which is hokma bina dat, hokma is wisdom, bina is understanding, and das is knowledge. It's when you're able to trickle all this down, then it becomes you, it becomes your knowledge. And as the verse in Malahi says, for the lips of the coin will guard das, will guard knowledge, and they will seek Torah from his mouth, for he is an agent of the God of, of hosts. So das is a, is a means of joining the intellect to the emotions. When you are able to have intellectually, you have your, your wisdom, then you understand what's going on and then you, it becomes you because it becomes a part of you, then you're able to, uh, to join it with your emotions. You know, if you look, you're going to feel what you're thinking. It, emotions come from our thoughts. We think that sometimes our, our emotions are what control our mind, but in reality, the mind is what controls what you feel. And, and we have to guard our mind with our life because everything you see, everything you read, everything you, you listen to, everything that's here has a, a, a tremendous effect on your emotions. So what it's saying here is that the, the kehuna, the priesthood, which is the knowledge, which represents knowledge, is the, 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 it's, what, it's the means that joins the intellect to emotions and it connects the spiritual and the physical components of man. And Malchut, which is kingship, which is a royalty, is also a, a, an expression of conjunction, of unity, because a king is the one that unifies a diverse nation into one cohesive people. That's the ability of a king. The, the ability of a king is to take all these different minds, all these different points of view, all these different people, and put them together as one. And, the, and, the, and as it's Shmuel says in verse 9, 17, the one will, who will reign over my people. So the word here translates as reign, means yatsor in Hebrew, actually means to store up. And Rashi, understands that this refers to the king's ability to unify the people and to prevent them from factionalizing, uh, factionalizing, like being diverse, being not unified. This is the worst thing for a people, is to be uh, not uni unified, especially for the Jewish people. So the common factor between these three gifts that were meant to be for Reuben, because he was the Bahor, he was the firstborn, is clear. Each is in an expression of a person's ability to unify some aspect of a human life. Malchut is the ability to connect entities into the physical world. Kehuna, which is a priesthood in the emotional world. And the Behora, which is the firstborn in the intellectual world. So one is in the intellect, one is in the emotional realm, and the other one would be in the, the ability of, of the physical world. So the failure of Reuben was that that because of his uh, reactionary uh, 
personality because he was like water, unstable like water. He didn't think before he acted. He lost these three gifts and and the, 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 what did he do to lose them? And the answer that we suggest is quite simply that he became angry. So the, the, the reason that he was like that is because he was very easy to get angry. And after Rahul's death, as I said before, he moved the bed of his father to uh, Bilhas' uh, tent. So Reuben disturbed this new arrangement in response, angry at what he saw as an insult to his mother. This was the root of the problem and anger is a character trait which causes dissent and breaks connections so a person that was supposed to be the firstborn with all the everything that came with it or a person that was supposed to be the priest the high priest and a person that was supposed to be a king of Israel cannot be a person that gets angry this is not a good quality for a person that's trying to bring people together trying to bring worlds together emotions and intellect together this this would disqualify him completely from this uh, from these jobs so we see this for example when Moshe and Aaron became angry with the people striking in, instead of speaking to the rock we see that um, even Ezra says of this incident that because of the arguments amongst the people and their dissent with Moshe and Aaron, they, they became uh, factionalized. Anger and dissent caused disharmony and disunity. And this, of course, precisely is the opposite of aim of the gifts of Reuben. And thus, when Reuben displayed anger, uh, the characteristic of disunity, he revealed himself to be unsuitable to receive these three gifts. So we see, incidentally, this helps us to explain the following Gemara. There's a Gemara that says, Resh Lakish said, if a person becomes angry with a Torah scholar and he's a wise man, his wisdom will depart from him. If he's a prophet, his prophecy will depart from him. And so our wisdom is an expression of connection of God. So when a person is wise, is understanding, when a person understands and is, you know, it comes from God. It comes comes from from your connection to Hashem so but if we become angry anger is like a scissor it comes and it cuts that connection completely and uh, and we see that we break the link and so we lose our wisdom so this is what happened to Reuben when he got angry because his father put his bed in, in, in his concubine's tent instead of his mother's tent he got angry because there was like a lack of respect to his mother this anger was what caused um, him to act in a, in a not righteous way. So although these gifts were taken from Reuben, they were distributed to other famous individuals. The Behorah went to Joseph, and Joseph was the firstborn of Rahel and, and Yaakov. And the Kehuna went to Aaron, Aaron came from the tribe of Levi. And the Malchuts, the kingship came to King David, who came from the tribe of Yehuda. So we, we should be able to detect the merit in which each of these received one of Reuben's um, confiscated gifts. And the prophet describes the archetype, archetypal Cohen as, a, he, with peace and uprightness, we, he walked with me and turned many away from sin. So 
Solomon was a man of peace. He was a man that was always striving to unite people, especially husbands and wives. And he would like go and say, oh, you know, your wife, she told me she misses you. She's so sad that you're angry at her. It could have not been true, but he would go and tell this to the husband. And then he would go to the wife and he says, oh, you know, your husband is so sad that you're not with him. He misses you so much. He loves you so much. And then when they would see each other, they immediately would embrace and cry and, and make up. And also with, with people, with friends, he would use the same techniques. So Aaron was a person of love and peace. He could not be in a place where there was a disunity and discord. And the Rambam indicates that he never once angered in his whole life. So actually, in the specific tefilots for rain set on Shemini Atzeres, it's mentioned that Aaron remained aloof from the people who were un unstable as water. So he was able to maintain himself separate from this court. So note that Aaron was unlike the people who were unstable. This is an identical phrase as that used to describe Reuben's imp impetuosity when Yaakov re re reprimanded him. Aaron indeed qualified to assume the Kehuna. So if Reuben would have been able to, to conquer that anger, and um, anger occurs when a person feels that things are not going his way, this is when people get angry, is when they get frustrated because things are not going the way they want them to go, you have to learn to be able to manage that and understand that sometimes things are not going to go the way you want them to go. Sometimes things are going to go the way they have to go, not the way you want them to go. So when we're allowed, we, we become more humble, less arrogant, and we allow the world to run with Hashem's uh, hands because everything that happens in the world is from God and we understand that maybe this person is not doing what you wanted them to do and you're getting angry because they're not behaving in the way you wanted them to behave, you have to understand there's a bigger power running the world. It's not you. You're not the one that runs the world. So we're, we're able to, to allow things to be and flow, then we won't be angry people. We will never be angry. So. Joseph's role has been described elsewhere. He was the paradigm of a tzaddik and the kind of man for whom the world exists. He had the power to sustain not just himself, but also his family, the whole people of Egypt and the people that lived outside of Egypt. He, 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 he helped people survive a famine. And, 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 and such was the channel between the physical world and the heavenly uppouring of goodness because he was, he, he was not thinking about himself. He was thinking about what God wanted him to do and how, what his role in life was. He was even in a higher level. He wasn't even thinking, oh, I have to save the world. This is not, this was not his preoccupation. He knew that Hashem put him in that place to do that. That was his job. But the, the truth is that he did it for God. So his whole role in life was to be connective force between the higher and the lower worlds and to prevent this unity. He was a suitable candidate to assume uh, uh, Reuben's lost gift. And, and uh, we see, Finally, that David, King David, 
characterized self-effacement. He was a person that had no ego whatsoever. He, he, he had no arrogance, not one little pinch of it. And he described himself as a worm and not a man, the derision of a man and reviled by the people. This is in Tehillim 22.7. And someone who realizes his lowly position vis-a-vis -vis God will never anger. For, because he knew that he was where he had to be because this is where God wanted him to be. But if one realizes that one's powers are limited and that one is really small and insignificant as King David saw himself and he was not in control of the events, then he was a, a perfect candidate to be the king of Israel. So Rabbi Moni Bar Patish said, anyone who angers, even if it is determined that he should re receive greatness from heaven, will be removed from his position. And we learned this from Elab, who became angry with David. So Elab was um, David's oldest brother, and he became angry uh, by the possibility of him ever becoming king, and that it was taken away from him. But when the prophet Shmuel came to look for the king, he saw these qualities in David, and he realized this is the one that God is needing as a king. So. So we see that David, a man of peace and self-effacement, as the ideal replacement for Reuben as king of Israel. And we now appreciate just, just what Reuben could have become. Like, it's so sad to see that this guy had these qualities inside of him. If it was not for his anger problem, he could have uh, been able to live up to his potential. He would have been like the greatest man on earth. Like, he would have been the, the firstborn with all his responsibilities. He would have been the, the, the progenitor of the, of the Kohanim, of the Kehuna, of the priest, and he would have also been the king, the, the, the progenitor of the kings of Israel. So we see that the... Um, that he could not maintain control of these great these three great gifts given the slight character fault which he had demonstrated and thus they were taken from him and given to others so this is a good thing to learn this week that we should learn not to be angry uh, we're in in the week of the 10th of Tevet, in which the city of jerusalem was sieged in the, um, before the destruction of the first temple. And, and we learned that many of the problems of the Jewish people come from this unity and angry anger between us because we don't get along, because we don't think the same way, because we don't believe the same way. But at the same way, we're all one. We're the children of God. So I, I hope really that we all are able to control these nasty character traits that really take us away from Hashem, take us away from people that love us, and take us away from our, our mission and potential in our lives. So I leave you here. I wish you a blessed week, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.